Many are getting weak. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okronifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okronifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Kronipa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's word through his special servant. And now, today's message. We give God all the glory. I want to read to you a scripture from the book of Philippians, chapter number four, the letter of Apostle Paul, his epistle to the church in Philippi. And I'm reading from the verse number 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Holy, Holy Bible. And he said, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lack the opportunity. Not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Tell somebody you have done well. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you did send aid. You sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full and I have received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. A sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice were pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Last week, by the grace of God, we had a beautiful service. And it was the, the, uh, the Father's Anna service. And uh, in fact, the entire week was dedicated to the Father's Anna. And I want to say that God bless you so, so, so much. Just like Paul was appreciating the Philippian church, I'm also here to appreciate the Overcomers Nation Church. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that you have done well honoring me. I received several gifts from several people. Uh, some have bought me suits, shoes, uh, shirts. And it looks like people want to change the kind of clothes I wear. I received so many suspenders. They don't want me to wear belts anymore. <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. And the uh, some also bless me with monies, with monies. And like Paul was saying that these things are bound as a fruit onto your account. Not because I have a need, but because God wants something to abound as a fruit into your account. And Paul says that when you do such a thing, you have done well. So today I have come to congratulate every one of you who partook in the Father's honor one way or the other. I want to tell you that you have done well. You have done well. And because of that, my God will honor you. My God will honor you. My God will honor you. And in the verse number 19, on the premise of all that they had done for him, he was able to make a declaration that my God shall supply, shall supply. Many times people use the scripture when they are praying uh, about their needs. But the backdrop of it is that they did something that caused Paul to be able to release this blessing. If you have not fulfilled the condition, you are not entitled to the blessing. But you have done well, every one of you. You have done well. You have done well. As a church, once a year, we, uh, we, we believe in the culture of honor. And uh, the Lord specifically told me that let's make sure that this is a part of the church program. Uh, that a man of God cannot be ministering to you and we don't even find opportunity to honor that person. So once a year we do it that way so that we can fulfill biblical law and many of you gave generously. Many of you open up your bounty. Some even out of your need, out of your wants, you still stretch out your hand and you 
is a blessing. So I don't want to take it for granted. I decided to come today specifically to tell you that God bless you. My God bless you. My God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give a clap offering to the Lord. So shake somebody beside you and tell the person, God bless you for honoring my pastor. Yeah, tell the person, thank you for honoring my pastor. Yeah, tell the person, he's my personal pastor. Uh, thank you for helping me to honor him. Hallelujah. Give a clap of friends to Jesus. Uh, in this month of uh, September, the Lord gave us a word. And he said, it's a month of the delivery of the promises of God. The delivery of the promises of God. Open your Bibles quickly with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And I'll be reading uh, briefly from the verse number 20. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, the verse number 20. He said, for all the promises of God in him, that is in Christ Jesus, they are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. That is a declaration that Paul made. And he said that all the promises of God, all the promises of God, they are yes. Uh, the King James says, yea and amen. Yea, yea, it means that that is a confirmation and an establishment that the promises are there. And the amen are our agreements that we agree with God concerning these promises. And he said that, that are the, it will all abound to the glory of God. Open your Bibles again to Second Peter, the, 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 the second letter of Peter, uh, chapter number one. I want to read from the verse number one to the verse number four. Simon Peter, a bond servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith. How many of you have, have if the Bible is yours, I've not said this before, but let me say this one. If the Bible is yours, underline it. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, we are adopting new, new, new. And I think you need to develop a culture of underlining things in your Bible and getting a special highlighter. When you read a scripture that is very nice, you highlight it, underline it. You see, my first Bible had a lot of writings inside. It was like I was rewriting the Bible. Glory to Jesus Christ. When I see something and an inspiration hits me, I know I write and I write around it. I write beside it. I, and even when I realize that the writing is too much, I go and get stick up paper and I write it and I'll stick it over there. Ten years down the line, I saw some of my sticker papers. They were still in there and they were falling out at me. Glory to Jesus. So, underline it. It says that we have received like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look, our faith that we have received, he says that it's a precious faith. That's why when the devil is coming after you, listen to me, he's not coming after your body, he's coming after your faith. Because what you have received that you call your faith is actually something that is precious in the sight of God. And when we begin to understand this, we will value our work with God. We will value our work with God. We will value our Christianity. The devil is doing everything possible for it to look as though our faith is common and normal and ordinary. But the Bible is giving us assurance that what we have received is a precious faith. You need to guard your faith. Preserve your faith. Protect your faith. Because the devil won't come after that which is precious to you. So we have received like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The verse number two, he says that grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Let's continue. Verse number three and the verse number four together, if you may. According as his divine power, oh, glory to God. According as God's divine power has given unto us all things that pertain Attain unto life and godliness. There are things that God has given us, and He said that these things they do not pertain to sickness, to mundane things, to our problems and the natural things of this world. He said that they pertain unto life. The word over there is way. 
God has given us things that pertain to Zoe, the very life of God, and unto his very nature, godliness, through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. And look at the verse number four, which is my emphasis for today, whereby are given unto us. Say, some things have been given to me. Say, some things have been given to me. I want to hear your voice. Say, some things have been given to me. Listen to me. You need to learn to respond in chat. As I say, some things have been given to me. Whereby are given unto us. What are these things that are given unto us? Exceeding great. He uses those two adjectives for us to understand to a certain extent the quantification of what we have received. He uses those adjectives. Exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding one great to and precious promises. Everyone who is a child of God has received these promises. And it is important that we understand what these promises are. When we understand what these promises are, our faith becomes stronger. When we understand what these promises are, we are able to live the life that God has purposed for for us to live. When we understand what these promises are, we are able to sanctify ourselves. God has given us promises. Look, there are a few things that can give you as, as much comfort uh, as when we know that God is working for us. The other day, I was ministering to uh, one dear lady who was going through an affliction. I was ministering to her all of a sudden as we were speaking. The Lord opened my eyes and he showed me the plans of the enemy and he showed me what she was supposed to do for her to receive deliverance. Uh, I told her the situation that she had been going through, she confirmed uh, and I showed her what was going to happen how the voice of the enemy was going to be sent against her like an arrow that when she accepts will begin to strike and destroy her life and that it's going to happen once, twice, at most three times. This is what we are supposed to do about it. After the third time, the affliction will be over. When I told her this, she said something, this is settling. This is comforting because why? In the midst of the administration, she saw God at work in the situation. She so God at work in her situation, it provided her comfort that though she was going through an affliction at the moment, God had spoken her case and had spoken ahead of time what he was going to do. Whenever we know that God is working in our life, we know that God is handling our case. It brings us so much comfort. It brings us so much confidence. It brings us so much strength. And this confidence we have by faith. How do we receive the faith? Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means that the confidence and the comfort that we can have in the workings of God in our lives must be received through the word of God. Without the word of God, you cannot have faith. Without the word of God, you cannot have faith. I explained, I tried to explain this during the Tuesday teaching service. And please, there's a special message that is recently out. Uh, five wise things you can do with your life. Whilst you are on this earth, five wise things. Five wise things that can change your life. If you couldn't make it to the Tuesday teaching services, go and listen to it. It's a series which is in two parts. Part one and part two. Five wise things. You want your life to amount to something. You want your life to be valuable go and listen to the five wise things you can do with your life go and listen to it go and listen to it wisdom is justified by her children listen to me there are many things you can do in life but not every one of them is an act of wisdom not every one of them is one that will bring value into your life. There are many people who are involved in so many things and their lives are still at work, a standstill. No changes. Nothing is happening in their life. They are going and coming. Some are even in church. Some have even decided to stop church because they are not seeing anything happen in their lives. Listen, they should go and listen to five wise things they can do. But they must do with their lives. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't hear what God has to say to you, you cannot have faith. Do not be deceived. 
God is not moved. He has set his principles in the scriptures and outside the scriptures, there's nothing you can do that will be pleasing to God. Hebrews chapter 11, the verse number 6, the Bible says, therefore, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. How do you receive that faith that can please God? Hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So you need God's word and it is that word that captures the, the mind of God, the assurance, the comfort that God wants you to have, that God wants you to have. And in the scriptures, you find something that I, we call the promises of God. In fact, when you study the Bible you go from the Old Testament through the New Testament, you realize that God makes a lot of promises. God makes a lot of promises. When you study the scriptures, Bible uh, scholars have, have, have discovered that there are over 3,000 promises. Three good thousand promises that God has made concerning his children and concerning our lives. Which area of your life do you think you will not find a word from God for? 3,000 promises. 3,000 promises. So it is important we understand what the promises of God are, what they mean to us, and how they can affect our lives. What we can do with these promises. Glory to Jesus Christ. And it is very comforting. You see, when God makes promises or when God speaks a word, he, he, he follows through to see its manifestation. God is not a God who just speaks and does not act. No, the Bible says that he's faithful to his word to what? To perform it. He's faithful to his word. In the book of Joshua, chapter number 21, the verse number 45, we see God showing himself faithful in his promises to the children of Israel. The New Living Translation says that, and not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he has spoken came true. Everything that God has spoken came true. So if he was able to do it for them, I prophesy over your life with my eyes open. Every promise of God concerning your life, he will fulfill it. It will come through. It will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything he has spoken came true. Not a single one of all the good promises. Give me that scripture again in the King James Version. Let us take it from that perspective. Understand, God is the... Can I tell you something about God? God has only one agenda. Can I tell you what his agenda is? To fulfill his word. All that God is doing in life now is to follow what, whatever he has said and to bring it to pass. It is all over the scriptures. So that's why the Bible says that he called those things which be not as though they were. Because when he called them when they are not, he follows them to go and make them come to pass. Have you had a prophecy? Have you received a word from the Lord? Have you received an assurance from God? Listen to me. God is following through with that promise. God is following through with that prediction. God is following through with that prophecy. He is just in a business of fulfilling his word. He said, there failed not aught. Meaning not even a little of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. I feel excited in my spirit today concerning your life. Everything God has said concerning your life, it will come to pass. Concerning your finances, concerning your marriage, concerning your health, concerning your family, concerning your children. He said, all came to pass. Somebody shout, all came to pass. Say, all the promises of God concerning my life, they are coming to pass. Say, every prophecy regarding my life, regarding my destiny, I celebrate God for them because they are coming to pass. My marriage is coming to pass. My healing is coming to pass. My riches is coming to pass. My comfort is coming to pass. My celebration is coming to pass. I see you driving in your car. I see you in your house. I see you in that great marriage. All of them are coming to pass. Every promise that God spoke. Who believes this word right now? Who believes this prophetic word right now? He said every one of them came to pass. Why? Because God is faithful. Not even a little bit of it faith. Not an out of it. He said, not one of the good promises, NLT tells us. Not even one of it came, uh, failed on his own. No, all of them came to 
He calls those things which be not as though they were. And he follows through to make them come to pass. I don't know where you are in life right now, but God has spoken a word concerning you. And that is what I'm going to attempt to explain to you today. Listen to me. You don't need a prophet to come and tell you that things will go well for you. He has already made all those promises available in his, all those prophecies available in his promises. When I come and I tell you that, ha, Thomas, I see that the enemy has a plan to kill you. When the enemy saw you and he saw the size of your head, he said that your head is too big. Let me kill you. If I thus hear the Lord, you will live and not die. What have I come to do? I've just come to confirm the promises of God. Because God has already spoken in his word in the book of Psalm, is it 118, that you will live and not die. But then my prophecy can also speak through me. So when you begin to understand the promises of God, your your Christianity does not become I'm chasing a prophet or I'm chasing a prophecy Christianity. No, because you know everything that God wants to do in your life already ahead of time. It is the same way when you see something that the devil is planning against you, you don't get scared. Some people have a dream and they say, Master, I saw myself and they have put me in a coffin. Pray for me, oh, pray for me, oh. You come and tell me, sir, you say you saw me in a coffin. I say it wasn't me. It cannot be me. I didn't say you didn't dream, oh, but it cannot be me. Do you understand me? Why? Because I am resting on the promises of God. I have seen the truth. I have seen the light of his of what he has said concerning me in the scriptures. And I decided many years ago that that is the only thing I'm going to accept concerning my life. I remember some years ago, somebody said, me anytime, I'm, I'm being proud. When somebody comes to prophesy to me, I don't take their prophecy seriously. No, 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 no. It's not I don't take your prophecy seriously. But I have decided that there was a prophecy for your prophecy game. I want to stick with the first one. I said, I want to stick with the first one. Oh, the voice has been telling me, I'll die, I'll die. I'm not amount to anything. I'm not amount to... Did you not hear when he told Abraham that ah, I will make you great and I'll make your seed great? I am the seed of Abraham. Therefore, greatness is already in my DNA. Hey, hey, hey. Do you understand me? So, a voice, who are you, voice? Before you spoke, God has spoken already. God has spoken already. I will never feel alive. I will never fail in life. Oh, oh, pastor, I've been praying that God will speak to me to show me. Listen, he has already shown you what you need to know. It's all in his word. Those are the promises of God concerning you. And the promises are good promises. They are good promises. When we look through the scriptures, it's amazing. But the most consistent character of God in the Bible, the most consistent representation of God to us is a nature of goodness. That he wants to help us. He wants to bless us. He gave the Abraham promises when Abraham was not even looking for God. He gave Israel promises when the Israelites were even deviating from the things of God. He is, every time he appears to his children, even after he releases curses against them, he said that but there'll be a remnant. The most consistent character of God in the scriptures is the nature of goodness. That he will help us. He will help us. Listen to me. Don't go fighting and say that I'm fasting and praying so that God will be good to me. <laughs> Even if it's about fasting, praying that God will be good to you, my dear, go and get some food and eat. Because he has already promised you, he will be good to you. He will be good to you. Say, my God will be good to me. Say, this year, before this year ends, I will see, I will taste, and I will experience the goodness of God. If you believe God, give him a shout of praise and celebrate him. None of the promises failed. Somebody will say that, oh, that was concerning uh, Israel. But what about us today? Listen, we are the spiritual Israel. I will explain that as we go on. But we are the spiritual Israel. So whatever promises that God made to Israel, those promises also pertain to us. Whatever good things, whatever blessings, whatever predictions of life and of favor and of his abiding presence and of his constant protection, those apply to us as well because we are the Israel today, you said it up from Romans chapter 9, verse 6 to 9, and there he says that the 
the, the children of God, those who are the children of God are not those who are of the physical Abraham. No. He said that those who are the children of promise, they are the seed of God. They are the children of God. They are the ones on whom the promise pertains. So in Second Peter chapter number one, the verse number four, like we just read, he said that, and because of his glory and excellence, I'm reading from NLT again. He has given us, he has given us great and precious promises. He has given us great and precious promises. So as a child of God, you need to appreciate that God has made some promises available for you. And they are great and they are precious. Whenever we say something is precious, it means that it has value. It is valuable. It is not something that is common. It is not something that is worthless. It is something that carries value. And that is the promise of God. Give You need to learn to give priority and prominence to the promise of God concerning your life. And it's one of the areas I realize that many of God's children today, they don't understand or appreciate what are the promises of God. And because of that, our faith is hollow. Our faith is what? Hollow. Our faith is hollow. We say we believe, but when our faith is tested, we realize our faith begins to collapse because our faith carries does not carry substance. What will give substance to your faith? The promises of God. When you say you believe, what do you believe? Uh, I believe that God will be good to me. Are you sure? Why do you believe that? What is the premise of that? Why do you say God will be good to you? Are you hoping that God will be good to you? Or you truly believe that God will be good to you? When push gets to shove, we will find out who is truly having faith or not. So, we are the Israel of God, and God has made his promises available to us. You look through the New Testament, which is God's letter to the church, we find a lot of reference to the promises of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, the verse number 1, you see a reference to the promise of God. So, uh, uh, several scriptures, just go through, just go and, uh, in your Takata or whatever Bible app you are using, just go and type the promises and in the New Testament, it will give you several references to the promise of God. But today, I just want to ask briefly. Uh, they say I should have deviated from briefly. So I'm coming back to briefly. Amen and amen. And not a few thoughts. Okay, so briefly and a few thoughts. Glory to Jesus Christ. I want us to understand what the promises of God are. So when we talk about the promises of God, what are the promises of God? I looked up the, 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 the definition of the word promise in the dictionary. And it said that a promise is a declaration of assurance that one will do something or that a particular thing will happen. It is a word that somebody has spoken that is a confirmatory word that I am going to get this done. I am going to marry you. I am going to help you. I am going to favor you. I'm going to send you some money. Yesterday, I, I, I had to send some money to somebody, and I, a person gave me a call and told me certain things, and I said, all right, I'm sending you money right away. What was that? It was a promise I have made a person. It was a declaration. So the person cut the line. Why? Because he has received the word I have spoken to that person. I went ahead, took my mobile phone, and boom, the money was gone. The money was gone. The money was gone. You see, that is how we need to understand the promises of God. God has made a declaration or a given us an assurance that there are certain things that he's going to do. But you know the amazing thing? Many of us are not really conversant with the things that God says he's going to do. Today, our attempt to just share with us a few of the things that God has given us so that as you go about your life, whenever you go on your knees to pray, these are the things that you are meditating upon. These are the reason, this is the reason why you can pray. This is the reason why you can stand before the Lord because these are the promises. These are the assurances. These are the declarations that Almighty God has made concerning your life. So what are the promises of God? They are the assurances God gives to his covenanted children of his abiding goodness if they remain faithful to the terms of his covenant. God gives us assurances 
In the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 28, the verse number 1, he said that these blessings will come upon thee and overtake you. He makes a certain promise of certain blessings that will come upon their lives. And he said that they will overtake them. They are so great and mighty promises which set them at the head of the nations, causing them to be above and no beneath, causing them to always be advancing. And he said that if you act in diligently and obey the word that I've spoken to you, these blessings which are the promises he had made concerning them, he said that they will come upon you, and they will come and even overtake you. He was talking about an abundance, and overflow of the blessings of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1, please, if you may. Glory to Jesus. So, he gives us some assurances that these are the things he will do. If we remain, we do our part, we play our role in the covenants. The promises of God are God's commitment to us. That's the scripture. Uh, if thou, if, and it shall come to pass, if you act in diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and to observe, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. Let's go on. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake you if you echo unto the voice of the Lord thy God. What does it mean to echo? It means to obey. It means to do your part, to play your part. So if God says, I come to church, don't be sitting in the house and be saying that, oh, I tap into my porch and I tap into my porch. No, you are not fulfilling certain things. I tap, I tap. When you are supposed to come to church, and you know you can come to church, and so God, God, God will locate me where I am. Oh, oh, oh. If you act diligently, if you will obey, you will observe to do what his voice is telling you. He said that these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake you. What are the promises of God? The next point is I want to share with you is that they are God's word of commitment to the people of his love. The promises of God are God's vow to his children. A promise is a vow. When somebody makes a vow, he wants to enforce a word that he has spoken. So because same Mister Obeye Bibia, now or swear, swear, can say or can't tam. Even the word alone tells you it's a covenant. When you can't, he can't, he 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 can't terms the assurance he has given you. What are you talking about? So the promises of God are God's cantam. Lakatabaya. When you go to pray, you can say that, Lord, I remember your cantam. My father, my father, remember your cantam. Because it is a promise. It is not just a statement, but it is a word of declaration and assurance. Now, what God is saying is that if I don't do it, my integrity is at stake. If I don't do it, I am a liar. If I don't do it, I cease to be God. The promises of God are not just mere words that are supposed to give us encouragement. They are words that tell us that God has bound himself, has tied himself, that these are the things I am going to do. What did I tell you? What is God doing in the world today? He's following his words that he has spoken to fulfill them. He's following his words to fulfill them, even unto the end of the age. So everything that God will ever do, it has already been said. It has already been spoken. It has already been spoken. Coronavirus, everything that is happening in the end times, all the signs, all the things that God has spoken concerning the world, He's just following them through. Things are just following through. And within these, these are prophecies concerning the end of the age, concerning things that are going to happen. Within them also, He makes promises to His children. And He's also following those promises as well. That's why last week we were learning about wealth transfer. Because it is one of the promises of God. God is following you through. God is following you through. You will see the faithfulness of God in your life. Glory to Jesus Christ. So the word, God's word of commitment, binding himself to the children of his love. The only thing that binds God to us is his word. The only thing is the, oh, God cannot forsake me. Why can he not forsake me? Because he has bound himself to me, saying that he will not leave me or forsake me. Other than that, God can forsake me. Who am I? Who am I? But what will cause God to remain with me, even in the midst of the storm, is because he has said he will not leave me. To leave me is an ever-foreseeable. 
pas possible. Non. Tu comprends? Ok. Ça n'est pas possible. Why? Because he has said. Dieu dit. Il y en a un Dieu dit. Tu comprends Dieu dit? Ah. Il y a un Glory to God. I think one of these days we have to get some of our French brethren to come and educate the rest of you. Not me. As for me, I'm a, as for me, I can about some few French words. But God has spoken it. God has spoken it. The other day, somebody came to see me, and the person was coming to uh, to me for a certain help. And at that time, it wasn't easy for me. I see, I could not tell the person that no, go and come. Why? Because I have promised. If I don't do it, I have become a liar. If I don't do it, the respect that the person has for me now is going to go down. I have bound myself by my words, by covenants. The promises of God are God's covenants. That he has used to bind us. Listen to me. Every time you come and sow a seed, it is not really the seed. Come on, hear me. I, is it, it is not the money that is actually speaking. The reason for the seed is because God has spoken his word. And so when you are sowing a seed, what you are actually doing is that you are sowing into that word that God has spoken, that he's binding himself to do what he has spoken. When we understand this, we, our faith will skyrocket. Can you imagine? Uh, 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 the, let's say we have a visit from uh, one of the presidents of, of the world. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I'm, I'm being careful because some presidents will come and do promise and it will not happen. So let's make one of the promises. President. <laughs> one of the presidents of the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. But let's say one of the presidents of the world come to this place and then in making a speech, the president says that, oh, I will give this church a bus. Is it, to a certain extent, we can have some confidence because we know he can do it. Come on. With all the money that is being stolen, how what is a bus? Oh no, ah, please. Don't misrepresent me. I'm not saying that a certain president or the other people who are aside from the president are stealing. <laughs> what is the pass? Are you understanding me? So if we have some boldness, some people go and fight over ballot boxes because a certain politician is and said, ah, there's, there's, I have a lot for the boys. Why? Because he has done something for them before. Or they can see that, oh, he can do it. Yeah. He can do it. So they have confidence in his word. What about when the king of glory, the one who created the heavens and the earth, he makes a promise. You can beat your chest every time. That's why, you see, when the devil appears to you and says that you are going to struggle, don't cry, laugh. Don't cry, laugh. When you go through a situation and the devil is trying to make you feel as though you are going, you will not die. When we understand this, we get bold faith. Why do you think that Abraham can just pick his son, his only son, and he's going to sacrifice him? The man had a radical faith. Why? Because he was the first person in that lineage that had received the promise of God. So his faith was established on the promise of God. The Bible says that he believed that he that has spoken it is also able to do what? Performance. God is not just a speaker. He's also what? A performer. He's a performer. So his promises, oh my God. If you can see that God is a performer, by the time you get to the house today, there will be a miracle waiting for you. If you can believe that God is a performer, you know, recently I've I, I, I realized that I have to be very careful because God is doing some great stuff in my life and my ministry and it's giving a lot of people confidence in me. 
Because somebody will approach, come and say, that, Pastor, I believe in what God can do through you. And the person is bringing a hopeless situation. A hopeless situation. I say, hey. And then you see, I cannot see the A's. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Will you raise out the prayer? Yes, sir. Oh, my, oh, and I'm praying, my God, you have to do something. Because this one, the way the person has spoken boldly, uh, if I don't do anything, then you realize, then I remember, in the midst of this threatening part, I also remember that I did not call myself. He called me, and he said that whatever I say, he will confirm it. All of a sudden, anointing came upon me. I said, Tass here, the Lord. Last week, during the prophet's reward, last Sunday in the evening, one dear lady, I think, I don't know whether her testimony was read today, but she was in the service. That, that, that Sunday was what, fourth, right? September. So the month has just begun. The month has just begun. And all mon- the money she had on her was 100 CDs and then 5 CDs, 50 pesos or so. So probably about 105 CDs, 50 pesos. And as I was ministering, she said she wants to sow a seed in my life. She wants to honor me. She's not even a member of this church. But she wants to honor me. She wants to sow a seed. But Lord, 100 CDs for the month, that is all I have. My transportation, my food, my water, everything that I will be using for myself. If anybody even needs me to bless them, it's out of these hundred cities and five cities that I'm going to bless them. If I'm going to give offering, it's out of this that I'm going to give. But I said, I know I'm going to. I believe in the grace that is upon this man of God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sow a seed into his life. And so, what does she do? Out of that amount of money, she takes about half of it, about fifty Ghana cities. Is it to somebody that's a small money? Because maybe you have thousand cities. So 50 cities is not a too much. But for somebody who has 100 cities, for the one who has 1,000 cities, that's 5%. For the one who has 100 cities, that's 50%. That's 50%. Is that a risk or not? It's a big risk. Because some of you ladies, even when you look at the size of your earrings, that's about 106 cities. So it is something that you can finish right now. What do you think? So it means that if that one, that, that, that man that can even buy earring is what you are going to survive on for throughout the, throughout the month. How are you going to survive? But then she says she believes in the grace of God for my life. She sowed the seed. The next day, God worked a miracle and she got 450 Ghana cities free money. Just like that. Why? The one who has called me. He's faithful. He's faithful. The promises of God, God's commitment, God binding, God binding Himself with His word to the people of His love. These promises they encapsulate the blessings that God promised Abraham and His seed or His descendant. When the Bible talks about the seed of Abraham, simply put, is the descendants of Abraham. And when we talk about the descendants of Abraham, in the scriptures we see two kinds of descendants. Number one, we see the physical descendants, which are the Israelites. And then we have the spiritual descendants, which are the church of Jesus Christ. The physical ones were the ones in Romans chapter 9, Paul was praying for. He said, my heart desire, my prayer for Israel, the seed of Abraham, is that they will be saved. Is that they will be saved. He said, for I wish that I myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, which are Israelites, to whom pertain it, look at this, to whom pertain it, the adoption. I don't have much time. But listen, God adopts Nobody deserves God's goodness. So when God looks into it, he just looks for some people and he adopts them. And when he adopts them, he binds himself with certain things. So he give, he adopts them that one and he gave them the glory and the covenants. And then the giving of the law and instruction for them to live by. And the service of God. Oh, there's too much to talk about over here. But the last part is what I just want to make, bring your mind to. And he also gave them the promises. The promises. This was physical Israel. He told them that, oh, no army can defeat you. If you stay within my covenant, you stay within my law. And there was something strange about the Israelites. They don't go to war and lose. It is not possible. Except they have sinned and deviated from the ways of God. Israel will go to, an, uh, to meet an army of 2,000 with 
with ten men and they will defeat them. They will defeat them. They will defeat them. One day, the Bible says that Solomon went with one of his uh, servants to the army to the to the camp of the of the Philistines, and as one man, they slaughtered them all. When they are fighting, uh, 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 an Israelite soldier is fighting in war. A spirit comes upon them. In fact, the Bible said that one time the, the, he was his hands were so close to the sword that it became as though the sword and his hand was, was had become united. He was just slashing, 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 slashing. That was the same anointing that came upon Samson, that with the jawbone of an ass, he was able to kill a thousand Philistine, Philistine soldiers. What is that? It was the promises of God that were working in him. When that, when that grace comes, because of the word that God has spoken, recently, when uh, the, uh, the enemies of Israel, the, the, the countries that surround Israel in the, in the, in the Middle East uh, had, uh, had, were, had gathered uh, and were coming again, I think the Jordanian army or so, the Bible says that, not the Bible, history, <laughs> says that with Israel had only one fighter playing by them. And the Jordanian had several fleets of fighter aircrafts. But that one, one, one fighter jet, one fighter plane, whatever they call it, it was able to go and destroy all the air power of the Jordanian army. And in, in, that, in, in less than two days, he had won the battle. But Israel's army was far, far, far less than their enemies. What was working in their favor? The promises of God. The promises of God. When there's a promise upon your life and you are aware of the promise and you are staying within the confines of the promise, you become dangerous. Look at when Haman rose up against Mordecai and Israel. Look, his own wife said, ah, is he a Jew? If this man really is of the seed of the Jews, to whom you have started falling, you will surely fall. And it was true. He died on the same gallows. Can I tell you something? Just like the wicked built a gallows and died in their gallows, it is the same way that the Bible says the wicked also gathers riches for the righteous to enjoy. Why? Because of the promises. The promise of God said, I'll bring you into a land which is flowing with milk and honey. Look, the milk and honey that they came into, it was not milk and honey because there was milk and honey on the earth already. Because some, some people had come to work over there, build cities and produce milk and honey. They are not getting the revelation. And so he brought them into the milk and honey of other people's neighbors. Why? The promises of God. The promises of God. You know why up to now they are fighting the Israelites concerning the land over there. Israel says that the land over there is given to us by God. And the other nations are saying that we have the documents. We have a, a paper. You know, our, our descendants. Your descendants are against the word of God. And who is winning? Israel. Israel. Israel are a physical testimony that God's word cannot fail. Yeah, a physical testimony that whatever God says is true, it's true. Go and listen. Anybody who is following international news, you realize that the argument of the Israelites is that God gave our father Abraham this land. So this land belongs to us. Some way, somehow, a court that does not believe in God ruled in their favor and said that the land belongs to Israel. Why did in Donald Trump's time, why did they move the uh, American embassy uh, to uh, Jerusalem? They moved it from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Why? Because God said that that is going to be the capital city of Israel. And that is a land that is under contention. Everything will flow towards the fulfillment of the word of God. Nobody, no situation. That is contrary to the word of God will prevail in your life. Listen, curses will not prevail in your life because the Bible says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ah, I know, ladies, uh, you, you, because I curse you today. Hey, I was not born to be cursed. I have been blessed by God. 
the promises of God. When you understand this, your faith becomes wild. Your faith is released. You become a stronger Christian. When you are worshiping God, your worship is real. Your fear of God is real. When someone asks you, why do you believe? You know what you are going to tell the person. Why do you come to church? I was born, my father and mother is a Christian, and I was born into a Christian family. So that's why I come to church. You see, that tells you your faith is hollow, even if something is there at all. No. When somebody asks you why, why do you believe? Why can you stand here and preach? Why can you declare the thing that you are declaring? It is on the bedrock, on the foundation of the promises of God. God binding himself to me and saying that I will follow your mouth. When he God told Moses, he said, I will be with your mouth. Hey, I'll be with your mouth. I'll be with So Moses can go and stand in front of Pharaoh. Despite the size of Pharaoh's army. And go and say that let God say let my people go. And Pharaoh could not. Do you know who Pharaoh was? Is it, it wasn't democracy in those times. That, hey, if you kill the prophet. Then there will be human rights activists. And say hey. And then other nations come and impeach your president. No, 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 no. Those days there was nothing like democracy. It was instantcracy. Off with the head, whether it's good or bad. You see, they just come in. Because Pharaoh is considered to be a god. In fact, among the Egyptians of those times, Pharaoh was a god. Pharaoh was a god. So Pharaoh saw himself as the god of the world. The god of the world. So you go and see the pyramids, all of those things, the symbolism over there, are symbolism of spirit, a spiritual being. Yet he was a mortal. Yet he was a mortal. He could have just said, hey, look at this petty, puny human being. Kill him. Oh, dare, how dare you come and try to take away the people who I'm using for my advancements. But when God said he was going to be with Moses, Kalu you don't understand what, when we talk about Christianity, we've not understood it yet. We are, we are, we are powerful people. We are powerful people. We just not under, understood and identified who we are. The day we identify ourselves, the day our identity comes home to us, that is when our faith will really start working. I'm telling you, I believe a time is going to come that certain Christians would have developed their faith to the point where they will not even need to transport or locomote by cars or by planes. They will appear and disappear. I'm telling you, it is my fervent faith. And God has spoken it to me. And I've seen it in a vision. And I've seen it in the scriptures. What happened to Philip? Did he, did he, did he not disappear? He even, his was even more serious. He, 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 he just disappeared from one place to the other. Elijah. What happened to him? He just disappeared. He left and appeared in heaven. What happened to Enoch? Appeared and disappeared. What happened to Moses? Up to today we cannot find his body. What happened to Jesus? The Bible says that he started rising and he disappeared from their sight. These are all biblical evidences of the potentialities of a Christian. The promises of God. The promises of God. Tell somebody the promises of God. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 16. And to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say and to seeds as of many, but as of one to seed and to your seed who is Christ. So when God said that these promises I'm making to you, Abraham, I'm making to your seed as well. He did not say seeds. If he had said seeds, then it would have been a plural, the Israelites. But he said to seed, meaning when God was speaking to Abraham, he had a vision of one person. And that one person was Christ. Christ. Look at the verse number 29. Look at the verse number 29. 
So here by revelation, they tell us that the seed that God was talking about was Christ. Now look at how he ends the discussion. Galatians is one of the most intellectual books in the Bible. It's just like Romans. He actually starts by making arguments and proving things and giving us revelations of what God purpose to do in certain uh, pictures and typologies in the Old Testament. He spoke about uh, 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 what, what was the other? Uh, Sarah and then Haggai. He spoke about Mount Sinai and then he spoke about uh, what was the other mountain? Uh, Mount, Mount Zion. <laughs> About one of the mountains, hallelujah. And all of them were typologies. And then he spoke about Isaac and he spoke about Jesus. He was telling, so he was having a discussion and explaining to them what God was saying in the Old Testament, what they truly meant. And God said in the Old Testament that I will bless you, Abraham, and I'll bless your seed. God did not say, I'll bless your seeds. If it was seeds, it means that the, uh, Ishmael would have also been included. Any child that came out of Abraham would have been included. But he says seed. Now that seed uh, in present tense was Isaac. Because the covenant was actually between Abraham and Sarah. So physically Isaac came. But Isaac was a typology. That is why if God could cause Sarah to produce children, why did he only produce one child? Why did she produce only one child? Because there was going to be one Christ. One Christ. So Isaac was just a promise manifesting. A prophecy in expression. An expression of the mind of God concerning eternity. And so he tells us that that seed actually, which was typified by Isaac, was Christ. And now he gives us an assurance for us also to believe. And if you are Christ, how many of us are Christ? How many of us belong to Christ? How many of us belong to Christ? Yes. If you don't understand it, take yourself away. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us belong to Christ over here? He said, if you be Christ, then you are what? Abraham's seed. Hallelujah. And therefore you are heirs of the promise. Hallelujah. Somebody celebrate the Lord. When you understand this, you see, this is faith construction. I'm constructing something in your spirit right now. You are now beginning to identify yourself. I'm the seed of Abraham because I am Christ. I belong to Christ. So I am the seed of Abraham. If I'm the seed of Abraham, then I am an heir according to the promise. That means that anything that belongs to Abraham belongs to me. Any promise that God made Abraham, that promise is mine. If he said that I'll make your name great, that means that he's also speaking to me. He will make my name great. He said that my children will be, Abraham's children will be great. Then he's also saying that my children will be great. Why? I am the seed Abraham, because I am of Christ. I am of Christ. Listen, these are the things I have chewed on for years. And they are the reason why I get some boldness. You see, the devil cannot try me on certain things. So. No, 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 no. I have left that stage. I have left that place many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. My time is up. My time is up. I will continue on this subject. It's going to get to a point you even realize that the fear of sin will be broken off your life. But it's also a promise. Can we go deeper? The fear of sickness will leave you. Ah, he went and he said, they said something grow in her eye. Red glove. I even told her the name of the thing. Red glove. Oma. And he went and he said, she wasn't grow in glass. Oma. She was a girl. Ah. Your partner for life. He said, ah, something is growing on your eyes. What do you mean? I was not born with that. When you understand certain things, fear of sickness disappears. And I, you know, can I tell you something? 
the day the fear of sickness leaves you, sickness also has left. Fear of death. Say me. It doesn't go. Because there's a promise with that promise. And confidence to believe for better things to come. As the fear of the negativities leave, the negativities leave. And as the confidence for, for the positivities come, the positivities also begin to come. The Lord bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.ebenezeropolipa.com or call 0546-363957. God bless you.